0: pressure CJ Verdell in the backfield. They give it to him. Watch out,
1: CJ Verdell at midfield. High stepping. Can the Bucks catch him? Verdell still running. Touchdown, Oregon. 77.
0: Yo 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 yo. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Tap Room Sports Podcast. A sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two mm-hmm. of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. Here, as always, with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Balling Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben?
1: Not much, man. It's uh, definitely good to be sitting across the table from you this time, uh, instead of being you know a couple hundred miles apart. So... Gotta gotta love doing live shows here in Las Vegas. I mean, we we've been to I mean a couple breweries this weekend. Watched a ton of sports. Gotta love the Circus Sports Book. Yep. They gotta start paying us. Yep. But uh, <laughs> man, football started. That's yes.
0: Football. Life's good. Football has started. It was a very very odd day of NFL football, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie we're obviously going to get into this in a little bit but yep. but first we do have to talk about the beer.
1: You got it. Yeah, so for everybody who doesn't know about uh this aspect of the podcast, we you know, we think what better goes better with sports than beer and what goes better with beer than sports. So, we wanted to uh you know, make it seem like we were sitting at a bar just talking about sports and drinking some great craft beer. So, we're going to be reviewing, you know, two beers a podcast, maybe three sometimes. But, um, you know, we just want to let you guys know what we think is a good beer, what you guys should be trying. Um, we're going to try to have some local beers from Las Vegas, local beers from the Bay Area, um, as well as beers from throughout the United States. And since we're talking about beers from throughout the United States, make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app. Use promo code TAPROOM to get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. And I mentioned that we're having local beers tonight, and, uh... We we got to go to our go to brewery here in in Las Vegas, and that is Tanaya Creek. So we're both going to be drinking the same beer tonight. Um, Jordan, this is your your local your local watering hole. So uh, yep. give a give a little bit of uh, info about Tanaya and uh, this this <clears throat> beer that we're having. So this
0: is the their Mexican lager. It's called the El Charo. It's a uh, four point nine percent. So it's your typical Mexican lager, like a you know eight oh five or a Modelo. It's light, it's crisp, it's very refreshing. It's something that is like beautiful to drink on a warm hot day, which we happen to have a lot of here in Las Vegas, so it is a popular um it is one of their more popular beers here. Yeah. I I don't drink it very often. I I
1: I am I will admit. So <laughs> this was one that I said, "Hey, let's get this one instead." But uh, you know, I and most of the reason I did that was for the can art. I think uh you know that's definitely something that we got to kind of put into play when you're choosing your beers. Um, it's not going to make the beer any worse, but it can definitely make the beer even better if it's got some cool can art. Yep. They do not have the artist that's uh listed as who who drew this, but respect to, uh, respect to whoever it was. Yeah, it's so. some dope can art. Yep, definitely absolutely. some
0: dope can art. We'll we'll get the can art up on the Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast, so y'all can check that out. Also, we have a contest going on which we announced on saturday with the launch of tsp wagers we are giving away an autographed mini football helmet a 50 dollars our gift card a t-shirt and a whole lot more so make sure to go visit us on instagram at taproom sports Podcasts. go to twitter at taproom underscore sports it's very easy all you have to do is follow the page tag three friends to the post you can tag it you could do it on both twitter and instagram get two entries have that much of a better time to win? Hell yeah! But we got to talk about sports. We got to get into this. We got a lot of NFL. Obviously, this is NFL kickoff weekend, um and it was a sh- it was a strange, strange day. I mean, yeah. Let- let's start it off here because <laughs> yeah. I-, I think this is the strangest game of them all, and this was the New Orleans Saints against the uh, Green Bay Packers. This one was in Jacksonville. Green Bay was minus three and a half favorites. And they got Molly Wap in.
1: Yeah, Molly Wap is a great term for that. I Absolutely mean it, great term for that.
0: It wasn't even fucking close. Nope. At any point in the game. Aaron Rodgers looked to be forcing a ton of passes. He looked frustrated. Do you think that what happened in the preseason had anything to do with this? What happened in this game here today?
1: I definitely do. Um, you know, we talked about it. I think there were a couple things that, that kind of brought into this. I think the first was, you know, what happened over the preseason, how he wasn't kind of cohesive with his team. They weren't able to build that trust and, uh, you know, know that he's really here for the team. Because, I mean, he, he didn't show like he was even that interested on the sidelines today. In between you know in between drives, um, you know, when there was a mistake that was made, it, it just didn't seem like he cared. Um, you know, and then the other aspect I'm going to say is, you know, I know we talked about this uh, maybe last week, the week before, but not playing any preseason games like you don't go what 52 percent um, and uh, 36.8 like QB rating. If you've already been in a couple games, you've already kind of had your connections between your QB and your wide receivers. And I don't, to be honest, I I doubt Aaron Rodgers had a shittier game in his whole career.
0: Yeah, no, this is definitely one of his one of the worst games of his career. Two interceptions. I I said this, you know, we were talking about this on the on the off season. Um, you know, whether it is on Tap Room or APR, I personally, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is necessarily, you know, that passionate about football any longer. Mm. You know. On the offseason, he was doing the Jeopardy thing. He was hanging out in Hawaii with uh, you know, his girlfriend. He spent and, more
1: time in Hawaii than he did in Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Like and you know when he was in Hawaii he wasn't like working out. And by working out, yeah, he could have been like working out. Going to the gym, yeah. But he thing, wasn't but. like football working out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And I do think like if you look at Tom Brady and what he does on the offseason, like that man's throwing a football every single day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he is committed. That's why he's so successful at forty four. that's why I always say father time remains undefeated, dude. Yeah. And I just don't think that... A, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be there. And by there, I mean in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And B, I just think that, you know, with his age and everything, I mean, this could... It's one game. But it could pose some issues going forward. The good thing for them is that the rest of their divisions, (laughs) they all
1: lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, the... I don't necessarily know if this is the beginning of the end for him. I think even, you know, even if he goes to a a team that maybe isn't a a huge competitor that will sign him to a two-year deal, three-year deal, just because it is Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he's, he's got the arm strength. He's got the history behind him that I think he'll, you know, he'll definitely have another place to go. Is it going to be one of his top choice teams? Uh, Maybe not, but he'll still play. And it could be a huge thing to you know revitalize revitalize his game. We never really know about that.
0: It could, but I mean, I don't see him necessarily getting traded this season unless unless this you know this keeps happening and it it just totally looks like he just doesn't want to be there. Because I yep. mean, you said it on the sidelines; he just he didn't even look engaged. Like he was just kind of like there, yep, just wandering.
1: Well, but the thing that really got me too, and. You know, looking over, you know these post game stats is like their running game was non existent as well. Fifteen Whoa. carries, forty three yards. I know if you're behind, you're not going to be running as much, but I mean, to have Aaron Jones only getting nine total yards, averaging one point eight. AJ Dillon, and that was on that was on five carries for Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon four carries, nineteen yards for four point eight. Like you're still going to be getting some running plays. And to only have 43 in the whole game, you know, probably a majority of that in the first quarter when they weren't losing, like, that's—you still have to change it up. You still have to utilize your top, you know, rushing threats to give the offense, uh, you know, a little bit more of a a dual threat there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say they were—they were basically down the entire game, and they were down big pretty quickly— you know they were down seventeen to three, um, in the second quarter. So I mean they really weren't able to establish the run. Also, uh, new New Orleans last year they were the number two defense against the run, and they really didn't lose a lot of talent on their defensive line other than Hendricks, a pass rusher, but mm-hmm. he wasn't in there on running down. So I mean that's still a stout run defense. Yeah, you know they didn't get weaker there. So. Yes, the run game. They didn't establish the run, and that's kind of been their their mo the last two years. Is that when they aren't able to establish the run, it, they kind of struggle. Yeah, you know, and because everything on that offense is predicated on the play action pass. I, I mean the the Packers have issues. Whether those issues can be fixed, you know, in the next two to three weeks, that remains to be seen. I'm not gonna write them out, write them off just yet. Yeah, after one game, but, I mean. Dude, ben, well, that did not look good. No,
1: not at all. But the good thing is they do have Detroit next week, um, which we saw today. I mean, yeah, Niners let them back in the game a little bit, but okay, a lot of it. But um, <laughs> you know, they're they're not a top top not top notch offense. Um, they're not going to be putting up those points like you know we saw the Saints doing. I mean, I guess we didn't really think that the Saints were going to be that much of a top notch top notch offense.
0: I didn't think they were going to be that good offensively. I mean, yeah. Michael Thomas didn't play. Yeah, they still have Alvin Kamara, Kamara but I mean, played huge. Yeah, but I mean, Jameis was Yeah. Excellent. Dude, yep. he looked a lot better.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think they'll probably be able to come back next week, at least have a you know, a decent game. But then I mean, then they they have the 49ers right after that, the Steelers, the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals played pretty good today pretty good um and then you've got the bears so it's a they've got a couple weeks until they have a a decent break again so
0: so the Bengals were another interesting team because i mean you know we both like minnesota minus three in that game Mm -hmm. that was one of our you know favorite bets of the week you had it as a best bet on tap room and i i I liked it i thought that was a great bet i i bet it today and you know minnesota was they didn't really get it going until the end of the game offensively, and defensively, I mean they weren't terrible. They had a good second half, but the first half they were, they were really getting shredded. I mean Burrow through those two dimes to Jamar Chase and um, T Higgins. T. Higgins. Yep. Jamar Chase had a great game. I told you he was gonna be okay. Yep. Those drops weren't, That's weren't true. gonna be affected. That's true. Um, but the Bengals were a lot better than I expected because Joe only threw one preseason pass. He was 0 for 1. Yep. Jamar Chase had the drop issues. I really didn't see the Bengals winning this game at all. And, I mean, they came out and they looked good. But we have seen before, you know, crazy things happen on week one and then teams come back down mm-hmm. to earth. But, I mean, this is a Minnesota team we thought could fight for the division.
1: Yeah, and seeing the way that they play today, I, I would not even put them close to the top of the division there. Well, I mean, the good
0: thing is this division; they all lost, so everyone is basically on an even playing field. Still,
1: zero mm-hmm. one, so that. But I mean, if their defense cannot shore themselves off up, and we saw this last year, where you know they are a good defense, they should be winning these games. But man, if they're if they're allowing a mediocre team. To walk all over them and walking all over them, it definitely is, you know, a little bit much. But to allow somebody like the Bengals to put up twenty seven points, twenty four in regulation, like that's that's not going to get you, you know, to the top of the division. That's not going to get you a wild card position.
0: Yeah, they have to be much better defensively. Last year they had a ton of injuries. They had guys sit out. Anthony Barr, Daniil Hunter, both those guys are back. Their second door, their secondary has major issues though. Mm-hmm. I told y'all on APR that Patrick Peterson is a shell of himself. He was the dude that got burnt by Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase just ran right by him. Yeah, you know, it wasn't even close. I think that that secondary is definitely going to pose issues for them going forward. But the rest of the defense should be fine.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, they only they held the Bengals to six points in the last two quarters. They the Bengals really couldn't even move the ball in the fourth quarter very much. Yeah, so. I do think that, that uh, you know, going forward, I think the Vikings will be all right. And I, I would actually say personally, I would lean the Vikings to win this division over what I've seen from Green Bay today. Sure. You know, and those are the only two teams I really think have a chance for this division. All right, what's, uh, what's some other surprises that you saw?
1: You don't think that the Lions or the Bears have a chance?
0: No, nah, but I, I, will, <laughs> a, I will give it yeah. up to the Lions, though. They, they fought hard in that game. They did. If they came back and almost they had a chance to tie it at the end. that
1: was ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Um what surprised me today, uh Buffalo's back down to earth. Um, that was a that was a really dismal offensive, you know, um performance by, by Josh Allen by I mean we talked about Zach Moss coming back and and him having the opportunity to be a, a number one there.
0: He didn't even get a carry. He
1: he got one, didn't he?
0: Did he? Oh shoot! I didn't even think he got a carry. If
1: if not, maybe it was just a uh, maybe it was a pass, um, a short drawback pass. But uh, yeah, that was that was brutal to watch. That was absolutely brutal to watch. Um, we didn't think that the uh, the Steelers' offense would be as kind of potent as it was today. The well, um, Steelers' offense wasn't good. That's true. The defense really just played out of this world. Yeah, the um, defense
0: and special teams is really what carried them.
1: Yep. Yeah. You can't get a blo- uh, punt block um, on yeah. your three-yard line and uh, allow a six there. Um, I was impressed with Cleveland, um, but they, again, kind of showed their true colors at the end there where... You know, they let uh, Kansas City back into it late. Um, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes, so that doesn't kind of really surprise me. Um, I mean, Kyler is back in his normal form, which is nice. It's definitely nice. He had a great game today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say that the Cardinals probably look like the best team in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is crazy.
1: Their defense was on point, too. Chandler and
0: Jones, five sacks. Five sacks
1: at the end of the game, yep.
0: And he had two strip fumbles, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he played out of his mind. Um, And it's, cra- it's even crazy to think about, too, because they had a ton of penalties in the first half. And if they didn't have those penalties, they probably would have put up two more touchdowns on the board. Because one of them, they had to kick a field goal. Um and they left they left a lot of points on the field. So I mean they really they very well have, could have put over fifty points on the Titans. Yep. But yeah, the defense was mostly impressive. I will say, you know, I'll give Jalen Hurts his flowers two hundred and sixty four yards through the air, three T D,
1: sixty two rush yards. But holy shit, Atlanta looked like trash.
0: Atlanta did look bad, dude, on both like sides of the ball.
1: Way bad.
0: Which I mean, I did, I didn't think Atlanta was gonna be that good anyways this year, but I didn't think they were gonna be that bad. Yeah. Like that was pretty atrocious. I
1: had I bet Atlanta today. Um, you know, expecting them, <laughs> expecting Philly to be that bad that any uh, even a team like Atlanta could could win by three, but at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still think the Eagles aren't gonna win more than six games.
1: because no honestly,
0: all they did was fucking. Run pass option, and then they would fucking throw screen passes. Yep. That was the same thing that they did against the Cardinals last year, and then everybody started catching on to it and mm-hmm. stopped allowing it. I think those same same things are going to happen. Also, Justin Herbert, that dude is the real deal.
1: Yeah, he had a hell of a game. Hell of a game today. Um, what was it, 350 yards? Yeah. Uh, 337.
0: Three, yeah, 337, one touchdown, one interception. Yep. Against... The, arguably one of the best defenses in the league yep. though.
1: Yep. Which was crazy. Rams look good today too. Um the Rams look they good. just finished up. I mean, granted you're going up against a Chicago team who is not great offensively, but I mean the Rams walked over that defense. And you know, 250
0: if, yard passes. Yep. Uh,
1: allowing Matthew Stafford to go 321 yards. Um Cooper Cup 108. Like in, in his one oh eight were wide the hell open. Like nope. there was not even a defender, you know, ten ten yards around him. Um so and there were, I think there were a lot of individual efforts that were on point. Um
0: What do you think of the rookies? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson,
1: Mac Jones? Um I I want to give a little bit more time on making a kind of assumption on that because, I well, mean, you look sure. at Mac Jones, he he played well against a tough Miami defense, but it's week one. Um, these guys are are super hyped. The defenses defenses aren't locked in. They also um, couldn't get the ball in the end zone. That's very true. Um, you know, only putting up sixteen points there. Um. Zach Wilson, uh, Carolina's defense wasn't too impressive to me um, in the, you know, we were watching Red Zone, so, you know, it wasn't, uh, we didn't get to see everything in every play that they had, but, you know, I wouldn't, uh, knowing Carolina, I wouldn't necessarily put them as a top defense in the league. Um, so seeing what Zach Wilson can do up against, you know, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, I mean, I'd even say Chicago, maybe Um, LA, like that's going to be the true test for him and to see where he, if he can push this team and start knowing an one, it's unfortunate, but uh, I
0: thought you know. Zach Wilson, I mean, he started out like shit.
1: He did. He came back better in the game. Afterwards. Yeah. He played oh. a
0: lot better towards the end of the game. I do think Carolina has one. Of, uh, I mean, I think they're going to finish like top seven in defense this year. They have a lot of good young talent on that defense. Added Hassan Redick to rush the passer. I thought they did a lot of good things in that game defensively. Really made it confusing for Zach Wilson, but that's to be expected, you know, from a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he made a couple bad decisions that ended up being interceptions, you know, but they're, these kids, they're kids, dude. Yep. It's you know, their yeah. first game they're gonna learn from it.
1: And he was playing against Houston. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're gonna put up a lot of lot of yards on Houston. Um you're gonna be able to move the ball. But that probably was I mean, same thing for, for Zach Wilson. Um for I mean, Mac Miami's a tough defense, but that builds a lot of confidence moving into week two. Uh, moving into, you know, the you know, the, the meat of the NFL season to get those good, you know, first few games showing you, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Well, like we are a good team. You know, maybe you didn't get the W, but you impressed in your, you know, your statistical numbers there.
0: It's crazy in the morning slate of games, the favorites, Jacksonville was favored, didn't cover. Washington was favored, didn't cover. uh Seattle was favored. They covered. Panthers were favored. They covered. Vikings were favored. They did not cover. Titans were favored, didn't cover. Niners were favored, didn't cover. Oh, that hurt. Bills were favored, didn't cover. Falcons were favored, didn't cover. So that's what I was talking about week one, like how it was such a a strange opening week. Mm -hmm. And this is usually how things happen in week one. Um, You know, and then there's obviously lines will be adjusted. You know, we'll start to learn more as we continue on. But only two teams that were favored covered in the morning slate of games. Yep. And then the afternoon slate games, Chiefs, favored by five, didn't cover. Saints, or Packers, three and a half, didn't cover. Not even close. Broncos, minus three, they covered. Patriots, minus three and a half, didn't cover. Rams, minus eight, they did cover. So a lot of favorites did not cover.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Which is interesting and something to keep in mind going forward.
1: I think we could probably wait till what, week three to To really have a good sense of where the teams are at, and you know what, you know what Vegas really does expect them at. I mean, before that, you know, week one and week two, it, it's still a kind of a feeling out phase. Where are these teams going to be ranked in in top offenses versus top defenses? Um, so yeah, I think there's one.
0: A- I think week one we all historically, I don't know the numbers. I'm just going off the top of my head. Yeah, but I mean, we always see crazy things happen week one, like last year ten uh Jacksonville beat Tennessee week 1 and then they lost 15 games in a row. Yeah. Uh we we always kind of see crazy things happen. I don't know if it's just like cuz a lot of these teams a lot of them don't play uh players during the preseason. Yeah. Last year there was no preseason, so I mean that could have some effect to it. I don't know, but it is strange that only 3 favorites today or 4 favorites today. Covered. And if we're talking about the Thursday night game, too, then that's another team that was favored that didn't, didn't cover. cover.
1: Yeah. Yep. Nope. Well, do you remember what the line was for that uh, Tampa Bay Dallas? What the spread was eight? Eight. Oh, wow. OK.
0: They didn't cover yep. and they almost lost. Yeah. So week one craziness, man. If you did not hit your bets today, don't be scared. It yeah. was a weird, weird day, okay. as I just explained. Um, and you just need to learn from those bets. And, like, like personally, looking at the Falcons now, they might be one of the worst teams in the league.
1: Yep. I would auto-fade them, no question. You know, for until, until they can show me that they are a legitimate team. Yep. Or that they're going up against Detroit. Or, well, the way Detroit played today, I'd take Detroit. In a heartbeat against Atlanta. So, I think they actually play next week. Possibly. No, I don't think so.
0: But the Eagles have the Niners next week. Yeah. So, that should be a good uh, matchup because I think we'll get to see. That'll tell us a lot about the Falcons, honestly. Because if the Eagles aren't able to move the ball against the Niners, then it really just shows how bad Atlanta really
1: truly was. Yeah. Atlanta has, oh, ouch. Atlanta has Tampa Bay next week. In Tampa Bay. That's going to be a difficult, difficult game. So things will not be getting easier for them. Yep. Detroit plays Green Bay. So that, that'll be a tell thing, tell, telling sign as well. Yeah, um, we
0: need to see We need to see uh, the Packers do well. Also, Monday night football.
1: That's where I was going to go.
0: Um, Lions-Falcons, though, next week. The Lions, Lions- have cut.
1: Green Bay. Monday night.
0: Yeah, sorry. Lions-Green Bay. I think there's, like, some crazy stat. And, again, I don't have it pulled up because I literally just saw it. But the Lions have covered, like, eight Monday night games in a row against Green Bay.
1: Hmm. I, I'd worry about this one just because I think Green Bay has a lot to, uh, you know, to prove after the way that they were manhandled. Like, you would literally think so. manhandled today. You would think so. so. Yeah. All right, let's talk
0: about Monday Night Football tonight, though. Yeah. We got the Ravens visiting Allegiant Stadium and the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. Right now, this line is four at some books. I'm seeing four and a half at a couple. It did open six and a half. It came down when Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards went out. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on this game?
1: I mean, it's going to be interesting for me to see how Baltimore can, you know, really interact with each other because they've got so many injuries going on. Um, you know the the two ACL tears on back to back plays. You know this week is that's that's difficult to uh, you know to brutal. come back from, and you know especially when it's two of your top players. Um, you know you had uh, what their second string tight end go down that game that practice too. Um, so you had Gus Edwards, Nick Boyle, and Marcus Peterson go down in a single practice, and like that's. That's tough. That's really tough. I mean, you're lucky that you have Lamar there because he can run the ball, Um, but you're looking at third and fourth string running backs now, uh, and you're not going to win games with third and fourth string running backs. So that's... I mean, I think for the
0: Ravens, if there's any team that I think it doesn't hurt as much, it's them because Because of what you said, because of Lamar Jackson. And because of his ability to run, I think it opens up more for other running backs. So... I don't think necessarily that will be a huge thing. My biggest thing is Marcus Peters. Yeah. You know, their secondary is already thin as it is, and then you have you take Marcus Peters out and the, the Raiders were top 10 in in passing the ball last year. Yep. So, it's not like this is a bad offense. It's really their defense. I think this might be a high-scoring game to be honest.
1: Yeah, and sitting at uh, 15 and a half right now. So, yeah. You know, that's – especially with how fast Ruggs is, um, you know, he's going to be able to beat a majority of your cornerbacks, um, you know, even even the top two, um, which they – I think they're out. Both have – both are out now uh, for the Ravens. And you've got Edwards and you've got Renfro. Um, and then you've got to throw Waller in there too. Like, that's, that's a, a good, you know, one, two, three, maybe even one, two, three, four punch there um, that they are really going to be able to – you know, push against the Rams. Um, How much do you think Richie Incognito being out is going to hurt that offensive line?
0: I was going to say that is a big loss too because, I mean, this is already a rebuilt offensive line as it is. And Mm -hmm. then you lose your most experienced offensive lineman. Yeah. You know, that's a big blow for this offensive line. I'd probably play the Baltimore uh, to cover the first half because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll talk about the bets a little bit later. I don't want to give too much away right now. I do think it might pose some issues, but I do think that this might be a high scoring game. Yeah. I do I do like I do like it to be high scoring. Uh
1: Josh Jacobs is has been downgraded to questionable because of an uh, illness so Oof. yeah. He must have had Roberto's <laughs> That was brutal.
0: Alright so what's your what's your top ten teams this week so far Ben? Top ten, I mean top five top five top okay,
1: five. um top five of the week i'm start gonna from five get number five
0: and this is like your our our top five teams going forward it'll it'll obviously move every week as teams yeah. win and lose, but okay, um one two,
1: three. we're going to go Cleveland at number five. Cleveland at five? Yep. Cleveland at five. Oh, I wasn't looking at the th- Nope, scratch that. All right, scratch that. I'm going to go 49ers at five. 49ers. At four, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, I might want to switch those around. Three, I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Two, Kansas City. And one, LA. Rams. Nice. All right. Let's I'm gonna... switch four and five.
0: Okay. Four and five, you're switching. So you you got Pittsburgh at five, 49ers at four. Yeah. All right. Number five, I'm going Arizona Cardinals. Oh, fuck.
1: I forgot about the Cardinals.
0: Number four, I'm gonna go Seattle Seahawks. Number three, L.A. Rams. Two K.C. One Tampa. If I had a six spot, it would be the Niners.
1: Okay, I forgot Kansas City. Air for uh, uh, uh um Arizona. Arizona. And my
0: only reason for having Tampa number one is they're they're defending champions. Yep. They have to be uncrowned.
1: Dallas and Dallas played really well. Dallas
0: did play well, so I, was, I, I could definitely see knocking them down a notch. Because I, I mean, I don't. I've said it from the beginning. I don't think Tampa repeats by any stretch of the yeah. imagination.
1: But for this week, um, man, my four five. I mean, I already flip flopped them, and then to now throw Arizona in there. Um, yeah, I think that's, and we'll update this every week. Yeah, that's a tough one. The uh, the last few there, so nice, good shit. All right, let's get a
0: word from one of our taproom sports affiliates. Then we'll hop back in here. We got some college football to talk about, a ton of other stuff to talk about. Connor McGregor trying to fight Machine Gun Kelly. Crazy shit going on in the sports world right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back. Make sure to stay tapped in with us.
1: It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson.
0: And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads.
1: And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin, and we are the APR Podcast. Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Line up for week two football. How hopefully it's be, better than week one. <laughs> uh, the lineup, the lineup's definitely better, but uh, hopefully we uh, we do some better handicapping. Well, let's be real. Our handicappy one's great, but uh, the, the way that these turned out uh, was definitely odd. Very, very odd. Uh, but uh, before we move into our next sports, we're going to go back to some beer. Um, one of the cool things about Tanaya is they have a guest beer section. Um, so these next beers are going to be two of the beers that they have featured as their guest beers um The first uh, the El Charo, great quality beer. We'll be talking about that in uh, you know good good little bit here. Uh, but we also picked out one of um, you know, one of these guest beers to you know review. So Jordan, tell me what uh, what beer you picked and uh, a little bit about it.
0: So in true fall fashion, I got the Forbidden pumpkin, which is an Imperial milkshake style IPA brewed with pumpkin spices, vanilla, and milk sugar. It's by Abomination Brewing Company out of North Haven, Connecticut. Nice. Yes. To be honest, I'm not a big pumpkin spice guy. I'm yeah. not that guy <laughs> that that goes to uh, you know, your Starbucks, Starbucks yeah. and gets a pumpkin spice latte. But I figured because it's fall, you know, kickoff of NFL season, which is like that announces fall. We go with this a fall style beer. Oh yeah,
1: nice. Um, I did a a brewery that we're we're definitely kind of. Uh, acquainted with uh this is fat orange cat um they are out of north haven connecticut we've done a couple of their their beers before um and have all been great so far so decided that this was uh this was a must i'm doing the walkabout it's one of their sours they have a i'm seeing that they have three sours in this series um and this is the peach and apricot it comes in at 5.3 percent um i've taken a sip it's uh it's quality it's very quality um but uh, I'll go more in depth to it uh, when we come back to these and review these in a little bit. It looks interesting. Yep, great can art too.
0: It, it, yeah, it looks dope too. It looks uh, the, I mean, the color of the beer looks amazing. It yeah. looks like a can of carrot juice. Yep. Yeah, no. It's and, dope.
1: The, and the and the can art itself is very fally too. So, uh, that's go. a stretch. That's a stretch. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but hey, all there
0: right. So go. let's um, uh, let's hop into some college football. So. We had a couple of top 10 showdowns this week, and we also had some teams get dropped out of the rankings, uh, Texas and USC, of course, (laughs) uh, two of them. But the games I really wanted to talk about was Oregon, Ohio State, and Iowa, Iowa State. Mm -hmm. So we both watched those games. We were at Circo watching both those games. I told you Friday night, I was like, bro, I think Oregon's going to cover this game. I didn't think they were going to win, but I thought it was yeah. going to be a lot closer than people expected. The final line was 15 points. Oregon obviously ended up winning the game. On the other, on the flip side, Iowa was the underdog, four-point underdog. They ended up beating Iowa State at Iowa State.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, what was your takeaway from this weekend's college football
1: slate? Um, Mainly those two games. I think this is more college football than I've uh, watched in years. But um, not gonna lie, but uh, I mean both of those games were were quality. Um, you know the, what Oregon was able to do. You know both in the air and and rushing. I mean, four hundred and eighty four yards for C J Stroud. Like that's incredible. I'm sorry, I I know that's um you know Ohio, but like that's that's an incredible stat line. You look at uh, Anthony Brown; he was able to, you know, fifty percent to thirty six, um, but he got two touchdowns, and that's what they needed. The running game took over; um, three rushing touchdowns from Verdell and uh, Travis Die, um, but you know, two hundred sixty nine total yards. I think you could put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of respect on the Oregon Ducks defense there too. Um, you know, talking about Stroud, their two best players too. Yeah, talking about Stroud getting that four hundred eighty four yards. Um, Ohio State had 128 rushing yards, like to be able to only hold them to 28 points when your offense is putting up, you know, almost 600 yards there. um, That's, that's incredible to me. Yep,
0: I mean, it was, it was strange in the fourth quarter. And I like mentioned it to you because Oregon was just dicing them up on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then they started going away from the run. It's like, when they're ahead by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, like why are you not running the football? Yeah. You have 200 and at the time they had like 250 yards rushing and it was like the middle of the fourth quarter and they started throwing the ball and I just, I couldn't understand the play calling. But I mean, this was a massive win for Mario Crystal Ball and his program. And it only makes it look that much better because their biggest recruiting um, opponent on the West Coast is USC mm-hmm. and USC loses Stanford. Yeah, You know, recruits are going to see that. You're going to see Oregon winning at Ohio State, and then you're going to see USC losing to a not-so-talented Stanford team. And that's the biggest issue with Clay Helton. And I don't mean to go off track here, but I have to sound off on USC <laughs> real quick. Because I've, I've said Clay Helton should be fired four, year, four years in a row now. And this is a big reason why. He hasn't been able to recruit at the level that a top university should. He's getting out-recruited by Oregon every year. Kids from L.A. are going to Clemson, Mm
1: -hmm. Alabama, uh,
0: all over the place. They're not staying at home. And these are kids, they have the best talent in their backyard in Southern California. You have to keep those kids home. Clay Helton has to go yesterday. He should have been fired immediately after that game. Because Oregon's only going to get better now. I mean, they jumped from 12 to 4 in this week's AP rankings. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, they probably are the fourth best team in the country right now. Maybe they might even be better than that. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, I, would, I would probably put them over Oklahoma personally. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that says numbers too on, on how much the Trojans fell. I mean, they were top 15, sitting at 14, and now they're they're unranked in the top 25. Um, and that's a that's a big hit when someone like the Cardinals, you know. Wins handily. Um, USC was able to come back a little bit there at the in the fourth quarter. Yep. But you know, other than the fourth quarter, Stanford won the first three quarters there, and not well, they dominated that yeah, game. Yeah that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case. Maybe Stanford gets a quarter, um, but
0: and that was a Stanford team that got fucking waxed by Kansas State. Yep. Who wasn't even that good. Yep. So that's. That's my biggest
1: issue. USC had more time of possession, like they had one crucial turnover, but I mean one turnover shouldn't be a no, a game changer there.
0: Their defense got shredded. Yep. they were. They did not do good. It was ugly. Um, the next top ten matchup though, Iowa, Iowa State. I mean, again, like I'm talking about Clay Helton, and like this is an issue that Matt Campbell has had year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Everybody always, like, says, oh, this is the year Iowa State's going to challenge Oklahoma and Texas for the Big 12 title. And this was really the year that everyone thought they could. Brees Hall, arguably the most talented running back that's going to be drafted in this year's draft. Brock Purdy, he's a top quarterback. A lot of people have him as a top five quarterback. They had him Mm -hmm. as a Heisman hopeful. They had him as QB1 in the Big 12. And once again, they go out against Iowa and they lay a fucking egg, dude. Yeah. Turned the ball over four times. Just awful performance from Iowa State. And I'm mad at myself because I'm usually the one that's like, all right, fool me once, you know, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times or whatever. Whatever, however that saying goes. Dude, every single year I fall for this shit, dude. And I fell for it again. Dude, I, but I don't think Iowa's that good either. No, I don't think. I just think, don't think Iowa State is that good. Yeah,
1: I don't think either of these two teams were, are as good as, as they're being talked about. Um, it was a pretty, I mean, to me, it was a pretty boring game. Um, you know, both of these teams had horrible third and fourth down efficiencies. Well, I guess fourth down efficiency, you only have one, one and one um, for Iowa State, but, like, four for 15 for Iowa and third down, three for 12 and, and third down for Iowa State. Yeah. Like if you're a top ranked, top 10 ranked team, you should not be in that, you know, 25 to 30% area. Um, you know, especially on third down efficiencies, you should be at that 50 plus. Um, maybe that's why I'm not a college football guy, but like if you're a top team out of all of the the ranked schools here, you've got to do better than that. Yeah, I mean, Iowa
0: has never really been known as an offensive team. They basically only run the ball, Mm. and they play good defense. And their quarterback, um, what's his name, Petrus? Yep. He he looked way better than Brock Purdy looked. I mean, he was making crucial throws when he needed to make them. I mean, Iowa just looked like such a better coached football team than Iowa State. And that's kind of how it is with Matt Campbell, and that's how it is with Clay Helton. And a lot of these other college coaches that they're just they might be good guys they might be good coaches but they're not good top D one coaches yeah
1: they're not gonna put your team over to that next level they're gonna be mediocre well again better than mediocre but they're not gonna win you games. Matt
0: Campbell cannot he just doesn't know how to win these big games dude every single year yeah do you have any issue with the with the top ten. The AP top ten, so they got Bama number one, Georgia number two, Oklahoma three, Oregon four, Iowa five, Clemson six, Texas AM seven, Cincy eight, Ohio State nine, Penn State ten.
1: Um I would probably I'd probably take Clemson and Ohio State out. Um being at one and one. Um you know Clemson Clemson's Clemson's Clemson I think they're getting a lot of uh a, a lot of their 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 tout from what they had last year um and comparing the team that they had last year to this year's team I'm not that impressed um like yeah they beat south carolina state like everybody's gonna beat South carolina state and then last week they lost to the number five seed team um, so, right? They lost, they were three, they lost to five.
0: Yeah, they lost to yeah. Georgia, but Georgia's a good team.
1: Dude. Oh, absolutely. Georgia's a great team. But, again, when you've got other, you know, other teams that are both 2-0 and that have played, you know, decent quality teams, I think you gotta take them down. Um, I think you definitely have to take them down. We got
0: some big matchups this week, too. We have, uh, Alabama versus Florida, which is one versus 11. Okay. And I would probably... I, th- I think Florida's played good enough to be a top ten team, but I mean this will will actually learn because they did lose a lot of talent on offense last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have Penn State versus Auburn, Arizona State versus BYU. So we got some we got some solid uh some solid matchups here, and then Fresno State against UCLA, which I actually think Fresno State game. might be. Might be able to make some noise here. Yeah. Uh, because LSU doesn't look that good at all. No. And that I, I told you last week that when that UCLA had against LSU is going to look worse and worse as the year progresses because LSU is not that good. Yep. And I think we're going to start to see some of that come to fruition here. But let's move on. Let's move on to the 5-Minute Clinic. So 5-Minute Clinic, if you're new to the show, this is a segment where we spend five minutes on one topic and this week we're going to talk about baseball, cause we don't really have a ton of updates in baseball, other than a little bit of movement in the wild card races. Um, so let's let's talk about the wild card races here. So right now, Toronto and Boston are leading the wild card. Um, Yankees half game behind. A's and Seattle three games behind. Yep. That's for the AL. For the NL, Dodgers have the. I mean, there's no way they're.
1: Nobody is catching Dodgers for that. Yeah. Scene.
0: And then we got Cincinnati and San Diego. They're tied for the second spot. And then St. Louis, one game behind. Philadelphia, two and a half behind. And the Mets, three and a half behind.
1: Yeah. Are yeah. you
0: changing your position on what you predicted last week of who was going to get them?
1: Nope. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because um, I had Boston over the Yankees, right? You had. I had Boston.
0: Yes, you did. Yeah. You did. You had Toronto, Boston. Yeah, um, I'm not I surprised had to see Toronto where Toronto
1: A's. That's right. Um, I'm not surprised to see Toronto. You know, pushing up. I mean, we talked about their schedule and and what they have remaining left in the tank, and it's super beneficial for this team to move forward, especially when you're going nine and one in their last ten. That's um, they're on a streak. They're playing teams that aren't you know super competitive and they're taking advantage of those games that they're supposed to be winning Um, unlike the A's unlike the A's unlike the Yankees um, 2-8 and in the the last 10 Um, you know as we get further weeks along Seattle and Oakland staying pat at 3 games back it just it makes it so much more difficult for them to catch up um, especially when you know, you've got teams that are, are playing lights out. I mean, Boston, yeah, fifty fifty at five and five in the last ten. But you know, it's it's gonna be tough to catch them when they're three games back and they're playing five hundred ball. So I'm gonna keep that there. I'm still uh, I'm still on that. San Diego is probably not gonna make that. Uh, you know, that final wild card seed. Um, they have a lot of games against San Francisco, which they struggled struggled against this week. Um, they're gonna sweep San Francisco this week, the the next three though. No, they're not. Um, they've got a lot of games against the Dodgers too. So I just I don't see them, you know, being able to keep pace with the Reds. Um, I'm surprised. I I I think I had the Phillies taking that last seed. Uh, I don't think I had the Reds. So maybe I am making a little bit of a change here. Yeah, but, I up uh, the Phillies. Um, the Phillies have been dog shit. They have just turned everything around the wrong way.
0: This is how they've been all year. Like they took over first place in the division. Yep. And then they lost like six in a row after.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mets don't look great. I don't think. Last I saw, it was tied. Uh, oh, they won seven to six. They won today. Okay. Yeah. Um, they won seven to
0: six. So they're actually only. uh they're no, this five, is
1: They're five back. Mets are three back yeah but five oh, back from in the, the division, division okay from the division gotcha there yeah there. it's I, I, again as we get closer at the end here I mean we've got what 17 games left yep and you know that's that's three games back catching three games in 17 is it's possible but it's gonna be incredibly tough
0: the only change I'm making is I'm taking the A's out. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that's you know, gonna be the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Yep. Um, the A's, they had a great situation this weekend. They had three games against Texas. Blew a six to two lead on Saturday. End up losing two of the three games. I mean, in a and same with the Mariners, dude. Mariners had lost two out of three games to the Diamondbacks this weekend. Yep. I mean, those are teams you have to beat when you wanna make, when you're on a playoff push. And they just don't have what it takes, I don't think. The A's have just been completely discombobulated since Chris Bassett got hurt. I mean, that's when everything went downhill for for them. I don't know if, like, seeing him get his face bashed in by a ball just, like, mentally fucked them up. But they (laughs) have not been the same team by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that's, uh, I think, I think we are set in the AL. I think it's going to be Toronto, Boston, and then Tampa, Chicago, Houston for the division winners. Yep. And then as far as the NL is concerned, I still like the Padres. I do think that they're going to make some noise against the Giants this week. The Giants have had a pretty easy schedule in their last 10 games. They are nine one, but they're coming off wins against the Cubs, who are, like, maybe the worst team in baseball.
1: Um, the Rockies at home, they swept, though. The Rockies at home. The but Dodgers, I mean, they went 2-1. and one. Yeah, but I am mean, The Brewers, they, well, they, they went 1-1. The one one. Uh,
0: they were one good against the Brewers. 1-1. They were 1-2 and two against the Brewers in that series. Okay. Um, but I think San Diego, like, they're fighting, dude. They're fighting for, uh, you know, a playoff spot. The Giants, against teams that are over 500, they're only 43-32. and 32. San Diego, 37-33, and 33, so they're not that bad against good teams. Only? That's good. Well, it is good, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just that's saying. That's better than San Diego there. So it's worse than the Dodgers, though. <laughs> We're some Dodgers.
1: That is what it is. But,
0: shockingly, San Diego is one of the better teams against teams over 500. You know who else is really good against teams over 500? The Giants. The Phillies. 42 and 35 against teams over 500. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I, I think that I still think we're going to get uh, either. The, I, I still think the Dodgers are going to win the division. I know they're two and a half back, but I think they're going to win. And I think it's going to be San Francisco, San Diego for the wild card.
1: Yeah. That's it's it's going to be such a close race. It is in its in my eyes it's literally going to come to that last division. Yeah. Um the division rivals um you know playing each other. You've got the Giants going up against the Padres and I think the Dodgers are playing the Rockies yep. to close out. I no, the so. Brewers. The Brewers both. Last three against the Brewers. So Ooh. that's like those are going to be three crucial days, the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of October here. And that's going to that's going to be you know, how who gets number one in the NL West versus who's going to be that number one wild card? Yep. It's that close. It's beautiful. That's facts. Hey,
0: before we move on to Poor Me Another, because we don't have this as a Poor Me Another, why is Connor McGregor trying to start a fight with Machine Gun Kelly? What the fuck is this guy doing, <laughs>
1: dude? Um,. I don't know. Was it over like Megan Fox or like? I don't think so because Connor's girl was there. Yeah. And the the punch thrown was above Megan's head. Um, I, I did notice that in the picture. I, I don't know. Why why start shit with someone who's not even a, a fighter? Who's not even relevant in your uh, your realm. So stay in your lane. It's because McGregor started all losing, dude. He's like, All right, I could beat Machine (laughs) Gun Kelly in a fight. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) On one leg. Um, at that. So I don't know. It's McGregor's such a joke, but we already knew that McGregor was a joke.
0: Yep. Dude he I think he senses his career is like dwindling down and like to keep any sense of relevance, he's pulling stupid ass shit like this, dude.
1: Yep. Like well, so fucking we great. know publicity stunts are working right now. I mean, look at boxing, look at uh Yeah, I mean, I guess where MMA fighters are going after they retire out of uh, MMA. So maybe he's looking to start boxing again. Oh god. All right, so let's move to uh, pour me another. Um <laughs> I mean, that that could have definitely been our first one there. But, uh, so, Poor Me Another is our our podcast, our our segment of the podcast where, um, you know, we need to make sure that we talk about a little bit of, uh, of these items that maybe wouldn't get a full five minutes or, uh, you know, big, big segment here. So, uh, as Jordan talked about it over a year ago now, and we're on the uh, 57 week, 57. Um, it's our TMZ aspect of the podcast. And I think that really fits, uh, fits perfectly here. So we're going to start it off. We're going to go with, um, with some tennis and women's tennis at that. um, we had two unseated teenagers battle, you know, their way to the U.S. Open's women's tennis final um, this week, and we had Emma. Oh man, Rad- Radicano, Radicano. Um, so. You? Uh, she took the W, and she won 2.5 million in prize money. Um, do you think having two unseated teenagers is uh, where tennis and professional tennis should be going?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is. Uh... I think it's good for women's tennis because obviously serena williams is basically done Mm -hmm. and you know naomi osaka was supposed to take the throne but i think i personally think that she was crowned too early and i think that's why like she's having these mental breakdowns and stuff is because the media the press the fans everybody's putting so much pressure on her to be serena williams basically because everybody we know this in sports dude once one person retires we're always looking for the next one like when michael jordan retired we're trying to crown we're trying to find the next michael yeah great right. and we do this with every sport and i think we just need to let this play out and like if there's a ton of good talent like i think golf kind of figured this out a little bit after tigers Um, descend, like they were looking for the next Tiger, but they have a bunch of they have a handful of guys that are good and they're starting to figure that out and they're starting to market it better. I think that's something that tennis needs to look at what golf is doing and kind of go from there, but I think it's good for tennis, dude
1: Yeah. I think it's absolutely great for tennis because I think it's going to build it outside of the professional sport you have two people who weren't supposed to be in the finals here, you have people who are you know, looking just to be normal people and to have another normal person who is a fan who plays tennis every weekend that's going to give them more you know push to go out there to play harder to you know get to a spot where they can be like hey i'm, I'm unseated you know what damn it i'm gonna go win this thing granted are they gonna win it maybe not probably not but um you know it gives you that hope it gives you you know a drive to want to be on the tennis court and push this out and i mean we, we saw it with uh, emma reticano um you know i I loved this quote when i see when i saw it she was uh she was saying that she just wanted to to win enough money win enough prize money so she could replace her broken airpods and then she's you know she's walking away with 2.5 million after this tournament so like it's it's a bottom to the top kind of situation and i think it's great yep
0: all right so this next one uh cam newton came out to say and this is a real quote by the way so i to quote it right here the reason why they released me is because indirectly i was indirectly going to be a distraction just my aura just my aura and i told you this off camera it's my blessing and my curse when you bring cam newton to your facility when you bring cam newton to your franchise people are interested people are intrigued who is he why does he talk like that why does he wear his hair like that all these questions, unquote. Do you think this is Cam being Cam, or do you think there's some merit behind
1: this? No, I think this is just Cam being Cam. Um, I think it's him wanting to give uh, an excuse, wanting to give reason for them cutting him. Um, that wasn't directed at his his level play. Um, we saw how he, you know, he descended last year after his COVID case, and could that have been partly? you know, medical, absolutely, but it didn't seem like the work work ethic was there, and when you have a, um, you know, when you have a good rookie, and, you know, Mac Jones proved that in preseason and this first game, like, you don't want the distractions, you don't want, you know, uh, a mediocre QB, you know, making excuses, and maybe putting it in Mac's head that, he really shouldn't be there, that he's just being there because he's a rookie, because he's, you know, got the name. So I think it was good for a good move for Patriots and that's just Cam getting his excuse.
0: So I think that I think that backup quarterbacks have a value. Um, They're basically like an extra quarterback coach most of the time. There's a reason why the Brian Hoyers of the world and the Colt McCoys of the world have prolonged careers. Because they're voices in the quarterback room to help the starting quarterback. And I don't think Cam Newton is that guy. I mean, Ninkovich, who played for the uh, Patriots for 11 years, obviously very well tapped in with them. He comes out and says that he heard from people in the organization, which obviously he's very close to, that yeah. he only played for that organization, that Cam Newton was being taught the playbook by Mac Jones. If my rookie quarterback is teaching a veteran quarterback the playbook, yeah. what value does Cam Newton have if he is not the starting quarterback? He has no, no. value in that quarterback.
1: Yep.
0: Right? So I think there's a reason why 32 teams or 31 teams passed on him before the Panthers before the Patriots. Yeah. And now he's available and no one's reached out to him and signed him. Like yeah. that speaks volumes. He's no longer the 2015 MVP camp. Yeah. He doesn't have that same talent and he doesn't have any attributes to outweigh his lack of physical gifts that he once had. Yeah. He needs to have some personal accountability. Yep. Yeah.
1: Alright, let's move to our final one for the week. Uh, Saturday night, we had the uh, Triller Fight Club 2, which starred, uh, I mean, the two big fights were Tito Ortiz versus Anderson Silva, and then uh, Evander Holyfield, Mr. Uh, 67, I think he's 65 or higher, uh, versus uh, Belfort. So to make matters worse, we had the El Douchebag Orange Cheeto commentating the uh, event, Um, but I gotta ask, like, why are we making such a joke of boxing in the United States? Yeah, man, it's, uh... It
0: is a joke, but if people are going to buy it, I think they're going to continue to show it. I can't imagine a ton of people bought that fight last night. I mean, I had zero idea it was happening until it showed up on Circa's screen.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was like, what the fuck is that? When I saw Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva fighting. I mean, Tito Ortiz is just as good of a boxer as he was the mayor of Huntington Beach. (laughs) Which isn't very good at all yeah. uh but yeah man i mean boxing we talked about this before boxing has become an absolute fucking shit show yep. in america and a big part of that is because it's there's no governing body of it
1: yeah yeah and when you have these uh the fights that aren't actually fights the um the exhibition ex- exhibitions thank you um right. It's, I mean, it's just it makes a mockery of, of, uh, of boxing. Uh, both of these fights ended with knockouts in the first rounds. Uh, well, I guess the Holyfield Belfort was a, uh, a, a TKO. But um, I mean,
0: Holyfield is fucking 70 years old. Exactly. Yeah. Can't even believe they commissioned that
1: fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I was sitting next to at the, uh, yeah, at the book, he was like, "Why did stop it?" I was like, "Cause." It's, because he's 70. Like, yeah. he's one more punch and, like, he's not waking up. Yeah. yeah. And again, like, why do you have a set? I understand that Holyfield was top notch, you know, 30 years boxers. ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well past his prime. So, is what it is. It's a shit show. Yep.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's that time of the night. Yes, it's that time for Best Bets. This is a segment where we give you some of our best bets for the week moving forward. Hopefully making you money, which we didn't do last week. Last week we went 0-4, so if you faded us, congratulations. It was a tough week, but it was week one NFL Uh and you know some other things shit happens alright I don't want to make excuses but Ben where are you going with your
1: best bets this week yeah actually I really liked my best bets last week Um, so that kind of shows you where things where things went bad Um, I had uh, Green Bay minus four and a half Obviously, they didn't show up at all. And then, uh, you know, we talked about that earlier. And then, mini um, Minnesota minus three. Um, again, defense did not show up there. Um, but um, I'm gonna go back to the the roots and and go one baseball, one football. Um, first game I'm gonna talk about is the uh, New York Yankees versus the uh, Minnesota Twins. We've got uh, we've got two pitchers on the hill that aren't you know aren't all that great. Um, I think we can you know put that as a, a nice way of putting things you've got john Gant, uh, who's five and nine with a 3.78 era era is not that bad but his uh his team's definitely not supporting him much there um when you know, when he is on the hill, he also doesn't go deep in the games. And then you have Lewis uh, Gill, who you know we talked about last week on uh, Square Sharks, and what he, he had like 75 pitches in like three innings. He had a zero ERA going into the last game. Yeah, the dude is he he walks a lot of batters. He walks a ton of batters. Um, but I'm going to be going with the over here. Uh, over is sitting at 10 right now which uh, seems high for both these teams, especially how the Yankees are kind of struggling right now. But if we look at the way that uh, the way that these two have played in the past this season, um, the over has hit five out of the six times that they've played. Um, out of those six games, they've had 71 total runs um, per game and 11.8 runs per game average. Um, so these two like to hit off each other Um you know, they, they wake up their bats for each of these teams. So um, so we're going to be looking at the over for this one. Um, we'll, we'll go with that uh, you know, 11 to 12 runs is where I think it's going to be headed. Uh, and then next week, I'm looking at um, one of the opening lines that just has come out. We're going to go San Francisco 49ers minus 3 over Philly. Um, I think this, uh, this is going to be bet – this line is going to change a lot because of the way that people are going to bet on this. Um, I think we have the line being low right now because Philly did play, you know, well against a really shitty team, and uh, San Francisco didn't end the game well, um, which made things seem a little bit closer than they were. I mean, Detroit did come back, but Detroit is a not great team, Uh, and I think San Francisco can really tighten things up, so I think a minus three. If you're getting San Francisco minus three, uh, I would take that all day. Yeah, some good value,
0: And that's definitely a bet that that line is that line will probably close at five five and a half yeah <clears throat> um, so definitely get that action on it now all right my two best bets of the week i'm gonna go monday night football raiders versus ravens i'm going over 15 and a half points i think this one has a lot of opportunity for a lot of high scoring points mike marcus peters being out it was already a week secondary as it is they were 11th against the past last year Oakland or I'm sorry Las Vegas Raiders they were top 10 in in throwing the ball last year Darren Waller is a mismatch nightmare I like the over 50 and a half here and I also think Lamar Jackson is going to run all over the Raiders as well my second best bet is Dodgers first five minus a half a run Kershaw is coming back he's pitching tomorrow he's 18 and 10 in his career against Arizona with a 2.08 ERA in like 33 starts, and in his last three against Arizona, three and 0. I like the Dodgers first five minus a half here. Also at home, Arizona is one of the worst road teams in baseball. Let's lock that up. Let's get these wins, Ben. Hell yeah! It's
1: we can't go any worse than what we did last week. So Can. um But I do like I, I like both of your bets here. I think that Dodgers one is a great great bet. Um, and of course, you know, I like, I like the mine, which is why I chose them. So, um, let's move to, uh, we're going to end this kind of sports section of the podcast. We are going to move to our beers. Um, we're going to do this a little bit differently than we normally do. Um, you know, talking about both our beers and then, um, you know, switching to the other person because we had that first beer, um, you know, same beer together from Tenaya Creek, the El Charo. Um, so this was the Mexican lager again, coming in at 4.9%. Um, great can art. Tell me, what do you think of the actual beer itself?
0: I mean, it's good. It's it's another Mexican lager. I don't think it's better than 805, um, but I think it's good. It's a good Mexican lager. I mean, I would definitely drink it again. It's not something that I would drink every day. I'd much rather have a Pil- the Pilsner. Mm-hmm. So that's like my style of beer that I enjoy. Um, but it's
1: good, man. I, I give it like a 3.75 out of 5. Okay. Um. So... Also gotta think it's the eight oh five lager, the the lime one. Yeah. That's gonna be your Mexican lager yeah. there. Um I I'm with you. I do think that the eight oh five lime or cerveza is uh is better than um this one because of the addition of the lime. But I, I really do like this one, uh that the El Charo. It's a very nice and crisp beer. Um and it gets you really that lager taste. Um it doesn't have any of those additions which kind of can overpower it. Um, one of the things about the 805 Cerveza is that sometimes in, in my mind, that lime is a little too overpowering. Um, so you don't necessarily, you get more lime than you get with the beer. Um, and this one was incredibly fresh, crisp um, and and really clear coming in at 4.9. You can, I think it's the perfect beer for Las Vegas. Um, you know, being that it uh, can is, leather. yeah, exactly that you can just, you know, continue drinking them because, it's a low percentage, um, and you know you, you don't feel like you've eaten a whole meal after drinking one of these. So, good good beer. I'm gonna give it a four point two five. Nice. Uh, tell me, what was your second? How'd you like your uh, your pumpkin spice latte over there?
0: <laughs> the pumpkin spice beer, uh, the forbidden pumpkin. It's good. It definitely has like the aroma of like a a pumpkin pie. But the, it doesn't taste like it. It just tastes like a, I don't know, like a bland pumpkin but no spice. A
1: hint of pumpkin?
0: Yeah. Okay. it's It's pretty interesting. I'll definitely drink it again. It's not something I would like drink every day though. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a, a, you know, get it once a week
1: type beer. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it a four out of five, man. It's, it's pretty good. Okay. I, did, I was not expecting that type of a ranking from your description of it. Um, yeah. so. Well, I mean,
0: it's like, it's drinkable, obviously. I mean, I killed it. Yeah. Um, and the aroma is, like, beautiful. Like, it literally smells like a pumpkin pie when you smell it. Yeah. It's just when you taste it, I I personally feel like it doesn't really have any taste. It doesn't match. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just so, it's not bad taste. Yeah. It just doesn't have, like a taste, really.
1: And that's the way that the brewer kind of described, or the, the barista described it to us yesterday, was that, um, you know, it was, uh, it it was more spice than pumpkin. So... Yeah. I can get that. All right, and I had the uh, Fat Orange Cat. I had the Sour Ale, which was called the Walkabout, and this was the Peach and Apricot. I'm at 5.3%. This was an incredible beer. Um, I think this is the best Fat Orange Cat that I've had. Um, mm-hmm. From... You know, from that brewery. boy um i think i've had about three of theirs now and um this one definitely takes a cake um it's really light um really drinkable it it kind of tastes almost soda-y but it doesn't have soda-y. that sugar I like that yeah that sugar kind of you know overpoweringly sugar um it still has a little bit of a bite to it and you can still you know get that fizziness and that um you know that that beer feel yeah. um when you're drinking it and yeah. the the apricot and peach amounts are they're they're spot on um each of them are you know discernible but not one overpowers the other which i think is a, is a great way of doing it so i'm gonna give this one a 4.75 nice it was, it was a really good beer and uh might go pick up a couple to bring home with me so nice. <laughs> definitely might be i like it oh, yeah all right so everybody thank you for listening to the taproom sports podcast um you know if you like any of the beers that you hear us talking about um you know go check out your local breweries or go check out um Devour. if you're ever in the las vegas area make sure to go over to tonight creek um they are you know they're a great brewery um that uh you know we've We've done a few things with uh, you know moving you know in our in our past I guess. Um, but uh, go to Tavour, go to Tavour.com, download the Tavour app, um, use your mobile device, and use promo code TAPROOM when signing up. You're gonna get ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. I just picked up a couple cans from them today, and two of those would have been free if I hadn't already used TAPROOM as our promo code. But um, make sure to uh, check, our, check, our, check out our following. Po- Podcast? Oh my god, I cannot talk. These were low percentage beers. Shouldn't be like this. Um, make sure to check out APR on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie Martin. We talk about the NFL season um, every single game. We're either going to make a, a note about it or we're going to do a deep dive into the game. Um, we've got a fantasy draft. We got our best bets just for the uh, you know the football week alone. Um, make sure to check out our new podcast. It's really just a rebranded uh, TSP Wagers, which we are um, we're putting out multiple times a week, and uh, we are building the best bets from a few games that we we choose or we have people uh, choose for us. Um, thank you, uh, Ruben, last week for uh, for picking that Dodgers and Padres game. Um, we were able to uh, build he some good some bets. bets on those yep. too. Build some good bets off that. Um, so make sure to send us uh, you know a game that you want to see. You can send it to our Instagram, which is at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can send it to our, our Twitter, which is at taproom underscore sports, or you can send it over to Jordan on Twitter, which is at jordanrulestsp. Um, we're also on Facebook, so you can uh, send us a message there. Just search Taproom Sports Podcast. Or you can go to the website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com.
0: Yeah. But that's it.
1: That was a lot to say there. But uh, I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson, here with Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats. It's me. And we will see you next week. Not from that